Turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. I can't remember ever missing a Christmas Sunday before. And that happened last week. I was sick. Man, I was just sick. I tell you what, if I'm not here, you know I'm either sick or dead, one of the two. Just, I just believe in being faithful to the house of God, amen. But uh, considering all the different stuff that's going around, I mean, I was sick, sick, and you, wanted, you wouldn't have wanted me here to spit on everybody because then no one would have been here probably today. I'm glad that you're here, though. What a blessing. Proverbs chapter 27, I want you to notice verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I beg you for the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. Use these simple truths, I pray this morning, to speak to hearts. To prepare some soul for eternity today. Because the reality is heaven and hell does hang in the balance. The reality is that for some poor sinner, many across this globe, this is going to be their very last day. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd do a work upon hearts. I pray each one would think about the state of their soul and get this matter settled so that they can know they're going to heaven when they die. Have your way in every life, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Whenever you get near the end of any year... Quite often there'll be some news story on any one, any one of a number of different uh, news items that will talk about celebrities that we lost in whatever year it was that uh, went on. And I don't know if you've ever looked through those lists, but in those lists, some of those people you recognize and some of those people you don't recognize because they're not the celebrities in an area that you would have anything to do with them whatsoever. I was looking through the list uh, back before this uh, Christmas this last week, and there were a few of them that I recognized. Probably half of them I at least had heard something about, but a great number that I didn't know anything about. Now, an awful lot of these people were people who really had accumulated quite a bit of wealth, some because of Hollywood, some because of uh, they were known for their financial dealings and things, but... Some people had gotten that way. Many of them were very vile and vulgar in their lifestyle. Some of those people were very, very religious. But for all of them, 2022 had been their last Christmas that they would see on this planet for sure. Uh, and then on the 26th, after Christmas, some of you know the name Tommy Smothers from the Smothers Brothers back in the 60s. And he went out into eternity on the day after Christmas. The point is this, as it is appointed unto man once to die after this judgment, and I don't care if you're rich or poor, I don't care if you're well-known or you're not known at all, your death day's coming. I mean, that's just the way it is. You can count on that to be so. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. 2023 had been the last year on this earth 
for over 59 million people. Now, that's according to the world-o-meter. That's something that where they keep count. I don't know how they do it uh, on the Internet, but their number was over 59 million people by the end of 2023 will have gone out into eternity, passing away sometime between January 1st and, uh, and then the very end of 2023. Now, no doubt, a number of those people were saved, although not... Uh, not a great amount as far as the percentage is concerned. A great number were unsaved. No doubt there's many of those people who went out into eternity who thought that they were going to be around in 2024. But it didn't happen. I mean, you go back to the beginning of 2023, looking forward to a lot of things. Never did come about. You look at all those that died before Christmas Day. They were expecting to see Christmas in 2023. They didn't see it. They died. Because that's something we all have hanging over our head, this truth about death. Hebrews 9.27 proclaims, As it is appointed unto man, once to die, after this judgment. There's no such thing as reincarnation except in the minds of wicked men who want to deny the truth of the word of God. Uh, you know, they can play that silly little game if they want, but when they die, they'll wake up either in heaven or in hell, depending on what they've done with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's only one of two places you can go when you die. You're not going to hang around and haunt some place where you died unexpectedly. <laughs> How silly that is. Um, James 4.14 <laughs> declares, uh, What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. And then vanisheth away. In Job 14, 5, the scripture says, Seeing his days are determined, and the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed his bonds that he cannot pass. Now we go back from, well, let's say 2020, when COVID began to hit, and then it's amazing. Nobody died of the flu in 2020. Everybody died of COVID in 2020, even people that got hit by cars. Somehow they died of COVID. It was a strange thing that took place. Uh, you know, to the people who died, it didn't really matter how they died. They were just as dead. I mean, you can argue about that stuff all you want, you know, and you can, you can talk about gun violence. And uh, oh, I, I got news for you. No matter how you die, whether it's gun violence or you happen to trip over a curb and hit your head on the sidewalk, dead is still dead. Do you get that? You can get all the statistics. And may I say, everybody's going to die something. Some of the, you know, a lot of these statistics, you really think about it, they don't really mean anything. Uh, for instance, you take a person that dies of a heart attack at the age of 95, but he outlived a whole bunch of other people who died of other causes when they were 55. Well, yeah, the person had to die of something, but he goes into the record of the heart disease in the past. All of this stuff really doesn't add up like they want to have special causes for everything. But the cause of death is sin. That's the reason for it all. I can remember when COVID hit, as you, some of you remember, <coughs> I was having a lot of respiratory problems in 2019, and they were getting worse and worse. And once, of course... Uh, 
uh, when COVID came and I got in to see the right doctor at the right time uh, before all of that hit, honestly, every time I get up to preach on Sunday, I figured that if I got COVID, I was going to be dead with all the respiratory problems that I had. So every time I would get up on Sunday, and this didn't make me more spiritual, just trying to be a realist in this matter, that there was a good chance with my respiratory problems that if I got it, I'd die. So every Sunday I realized this could be my last Sunday. You know, that was true before COVID even came around. I mean, you can think about it. Well, I'm not in a high-risk area. I got news for you. We're all in a high-risk area. We're all going to die. That's a happy message. (laughs) I I read a quote. (laughs) I read a quote last week. It was... uh, given by a man in his 80s, and this is back in the 1980s, that got me to thinking. The man's name, a very well-known individual, you may not recognize his real name, but uh, his name is Archie Leach, or was, I guess it would still be Archie Leach, but anyway, a very famous man. He was asked if he thought much about death. And he gave this quote. Now, he was asked this question in his 84th year, and he died in his 84th year, of course. He says, well, of course I think about it. I just try not to dwell on it. He says, I think the thing that you think about when you're my age is how you're going to do it, that's die, and whether or not you'll behave yourself. Huh. You know, I'm really convinced that if you're not concerned about whether or not you behave yourself alive, you're not going to behave, you're you're not worried about behaving yourself when you die. Archie Leach, Archie Leach, also known as Cary Grant, a very well-known actor, celebrity, but not one for knowing God. You say, do you think he went to hell? Well, if he died without Jesus, that's where he went. I don't know what his spiritual condition was. I don't know if he had taken Christ as Savior or not. But, you know, when I read that statement by him, I thought, well, okay, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't know when I'm going to heaven. I just know that I'm going to heaven because God saved my soul back in 1971. So that is taken care of. And when it comes time to die, although I don't know how that's going to take place, but when it comes time to die, I do want to behave myself. And I want to behave myself well. I want to die like a believer ought to die. Not one who's going kicking and screaming, oh, the agony. No, I, I, I want to die praising my God, glorifying the Lord Jesus who bought me. What if God somehow revealed to you that... This next year, 2024, would be your last year on the planet, but would tell you that you're going to die sometime in this year, 2024. But I'm not going to tell you when. You might die on January 2nd. You might die on January 3rd. You might make it till July 4th. How about August 1st? We'd all like to think that we would be the ones who are going to make it at least till December 31st. 
When the reality is, there are some people, what if he told you, you're not even going to make it to January 1st, 2024? Because one of the things that we know for sure, with all the debauchery and stuff that will be taking place around this country, the drinking and the driving that will be taking place, we know that there are a whole lot of people on the planet right now, alive and apparently healthy right now, who will not even make it to midnight tonight. You see, God doesn't owe any of us an hour. It's amazing to me that people want to get mad at God because somebody dies. God's already told us we're going to die. God doesn't owe us another minute of life. As a matter of fact, if he gave us what he owed us, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I can't help but think about it once in a while. I mean, after all, I'm 74 years of age now. And 74 years of age, I didn't expect to live this long. I'm shocked that I got to live this long. Praise the Lord for the privilege of living this long. But I may not make it till midnight tonight. Or I may make it till 2025. Who knows? Only God knows. He's the only one who does. But since I know I'm going to die, no matter when it is, there's some things that I want. First of all, I'd want to be born again, and I am born again, so that's taken care of. This the first thing for sure is in good shape. I, I, you don't want to die not being born again. You see, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he said, marvel not, I said unto thee, ye must be born again. It's always rather sadly humorous to me to hear somebody say, well, I just don't believe you have to have a born again experience. What you're saying is you know more about it than Jesus did. I mean, that is the absolute height of stupidity to think that any person on this planet could know more about eternity and what's going to happen in eternity than Jesus Christ. He's God. He created all that is. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who made this statement. He said, what is a man advantaged if he gained the whole world? And lose his soul. I mean, you know, there are people, they, they want to be rich. They want to be famous. They want to be powerful. And they never take thought of their eternal, their eternal destiny when death comes. You know, there are a lot of, lot of people that uh, die young and healthy. Young and healthy. And, and what about if, oh, let's say, let's say you end up, you're a podcaster. And you've got 10 million followers. And you die. None of those followers are taking you to heaven. Big deal. It seems to me the one thing you ought to be most concerned about is being born again. 
Because the Lord Jesus, again, said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What a terrible thing to step out into eternity without salvation. Say, preacher, why do I need it? Because you're a sinner. Bible says, for there is no difference. All have sinned to come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. And the Bible says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is second death. And whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So what did God do about that? Because he didn't want us to die and go to hell. What did he do about it? Put his son on the cross of Calvary. Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God provided his son as the sacrifice for your sin at Calvary. When he died on that cross, he shed his blood to pay your sin debt, to pay your debt of sin, which is death, so that you can have eternal life. That's how much he loved you. Absolutely amazing to me that God tells us that he loved us that much to put his son on the cross of Calvary to pay our sin debt, to pay a death that, and a debt that he did not owe. And then somebody says, well, if God's a God of love, he wouldn't let me die and go to hell. He's already trying to keep you from going there. He's already put his son on the cross for you. He doesn't want you to go there. He, what else can he do? He's not going to make you go to heaven. If you want to die and go to hell, then you can go to hell. This is reality. He's not going to stop you from going to hell if you want to go to hell. Now, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's he wants you to come to repentance. He wants you to come to Christ. He wants you to have eternal life. But if you don't want Jesus, then hell is where you're going, and it's your fault, not his. What a great Savior we have. Thank God I've been born again. You know, that's one thing I don't worry about. I don't have to worry about being dead. Because I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be with Jesus when I die. I, first time I ever witnessed to my dad. I said, uh, understand, I was brought up in a home of drinking and cursing. And uh, we used the name Jesus a lot in the home that I grew up in, but always as a curse word. Uh, we didn't know who he was. But after I got saved, and of course I got, bur I got burdened wanting to see my dad come to Christ. And so I remember asking him one day, I said, Dad, where would you go if you died today? And very coldly, very bluntly, he said to the grave, I said, no, you wouldn't, Dad. That's where your body would go. That's not where you'd go. You see, you can, you can talk as flippantly about it as you want. It doesn't change the fact you die without Jesus. It's hell that awaits you. And there is no escape. Now, I don't really hope to die in 2024, but if I do, thank God. I know heaven is my home. The old account is settled. Amen. I'm saved. But not only would I want to be born again... But if this was to be the last year of my life, if, if before the next New Year's Day rolled around, I was to go out into eternity, I'd want to be behaving right. I'd want to be living right. Yeah, it's amazing. You talk to some people and they think, well, man, if this is going to be my last day, I'm going to go out and get drunk. What an idiot. I mean, really, what an idiot. That's how 
think your life is worth nothing but a piece of drunken flesh. That's all you think your life is worth. I would like my time on this planet to count for something for eternity. I would want to be behaving right. Turn over to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. For those who are saved, notice he says this. He says uh, in verse 14, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. In Romans chapter one, or chapter 6 and verse 19, he declares, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. I know there are a lot of people who think somehow they're going to be able to stand before God and cast dispersions on all the Christians who weren't everything that they ought to be and think that somehow God's going to give them a free pass because of some Christians they knew that weren't living like they were supposed to live. No free pass, friend. So then every one of us should give account of himself to God. Yeah, what about that hypocritical Christian? He'll answer for himself. And you'll answer for yourself. I want you to get this now. You'll answer for yourself. You're not going to be able to bring up anybody else, some hypocritical preacher or some, some deacon that didn't talk like they should or somebody else that seemed judgmental. By the way, the most judgmental people in the world are those putting the title of hypocrite upon everybody that is a believer that they know as an excuse to try to not feel guilty for a horrendous lifestyle. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Ephesians 4, 24, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. 1 Thessalonians 3, 13, To the end he may establish your hearts, unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. I'm just simply saying, if this is the year that I'm going to heaven, I want to be behaving right. Not, not in order to go to heaven. I'm already going to heaven. But I, I, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want the Lord Jesus to be glad that he saved me so that I could glorify his name. I want my life to count for eternity. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Titus chapter 2 and verse 3, He says, The, la- the uh, aged women likewise, that they be in behaviors, becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. You think about what your testimony would be like if God called you up to His presence right now. Would you feel like you had to start out with apologizing? Because you've been spending everything on yourself instead of making your life count for him. 
to glorify his name. Actually, there are three judgments which cause me to want to be separated. One is the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for the things done in this body. Then there's the judgment of, um, <coughs> pardon me, uh, the judgment of those that I've had, I've had um, that my testimony has impacted their life. You know, you, you look in the scripture, you find, for instance, Solomon started out good. as He was a good king for a while. He started out doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But then Solomon decided that he was so spiritual that he could disobey God and then somehow it would be all right. And because of his disobedience to God, he lost the kingdom for his son, Rehoboam. And then Rehoboam, of course... In his wickedness and sin, he, had, he lost the nation and it, uh, he only ended up with the, with the area of Judah. That was it. By the way, there's also the judgment of the lost. I want to be a good testimony so that I could see people come to Christ as Savior. I want my life to count for something. I, I look at a man in the scripture by the name of King uh, Uzziah. King Isaiah was a man that did that which was right in the sight of the Lord for 52 years. Now, that, this is hard for us to put together in our mind because, you know, here as Americans, we're used to maybe four years with a president, maybe eight years as a president, and that's the most. It's hard for us to imagine having the same leader for 52 years. Imagine that. No elections. This is it. You're stuck with him. This is it. But King Uzziah was a good king. 52 years, a good king. But he gets near the end of his life, and he got to thinking that he was so spiritual that he could do somebody else's job instead of his own. He goes into the temple, and he puts a sacrifice on the altar. Kings weren't allowed to do that. That was only for the priests. And when he put that sacrifice on the altar, God struck Isaiah with leprosy. As a leper, he was run off out of the temple. He was buried in shame. I tell you what, I don't want to live so many years of life of seeking to serve the Lord and die a failure because I got to thinking that it was all right for me to do things that God said Christians aren't supposed to be doing. I would like to leave a good testimony. A good testimony for those that I've ministered to, a good testimony for those that are my family. I'd want to be a good testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. I look at David. David was a man after God's own heart, but when David sinned with Bathsheba, he blew a lot of things. As a result, he ended up with a daughter being raped by a son, a son being killed by another son, another son running him off the throne. And worst of all, worst of all, his sin caused the enemies of God to blaspheme God. The truth is, David, unfortunately, had so much going for him. But what a failure because of some horrible things that he did. Nobody gets away with sin. Nobody gets away with it. Nobody gets by with it. God knows. You see, I'd want to be behaving myself. Therefore, I'm to be careful with what I do, where I go. 
being faithful in the house of God, being faithful in my giving. Yes, if 2023 were my last year, or maybe 2024 being my last year, I'd want to be burdened about the right things. In the light of death, serving Christ is the only thing that makes sense. I look at the scripture and I, I find two guys. I've shared them with you before and you already know their stories, but I want you to turn over to Ecclesiastes. <clears throat> Pardon me, my, for some reason my uh, throat is just all dried out. But Ecclesiastes chapter 2, I want to show you two men. These two men have a couple of things in common. One thing each of them has in common is that they're both very old. Another thing that each of them have in common is that they're, they both know God. And another thing that they have in common, they're about to die. Now, this first man is called the preacher. This is in chapter 2, and we all know that the preacher is Solomon himself. Now, Solomon, in chapter 2 of the book of Ecclesiastes, gives a testimony of how he spent his life. And I think the testimony that he gives is a very familiar testimony in the lives of an awful lot of people, especially around Huntsville, Alabama, uh, but this is nothing new. Now, remember, he does know God. And he says in verse 3, I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see that which was good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of, the, uh, of their life. I made me great works, I built in me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house, and I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me and whatsoever mine eyes desired I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy for my heart rejoiced in all my labor and this was the portion of all my labor. Stop right there. Do not read ahead, please. Here's an old man. He's sitting in his palace. And he has just recounted all these ways that he has spent his life for himself. He's a very rich man. He has done works that are going to be around long after he's dead. People are going to talk about his greatness long after he's gone. What about this other man? Well, this other man, also an old man, but keep your hand here in Ecclesiastes because we're coming back to it. Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This other man lived quite a bit differently. 
You'll notice in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, this is a man by the name of the Apostle Paul. He's going to be dying soon. And he gives us the outline of how he's lived. He says in verse 23, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches." I look at these two men. One man's in a palace. He's got all these marvelous works, choirs and everything. And this man is in a jail cell. Both of them know God. Both of them are old. Both of them getting close to death. So we go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Because they have one thing in common. They're both about to meet God. So how do they look at their life? Notice in verse 11, this man seated in a palace with all his great works around him. He says, then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I'd labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit and there was no profit under the sun. This guy's getting ready to meet God and he looks around at the palace. He looks around at the marble statues. He hears the singers singing. He looks at all of that. But he's about to meet God. And he says, I've wasted my life. What about that man? The end of his story is in Second Thess- or Timothy chapter 4. Matter of fact, you might turn over to it. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul, who has been jailed, suffering all those things that we read about, you'll notice in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'll get there eventually, Notice he says in verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered. He says the time of my departure is at hand. Notice he says I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. (laughs) Here's this man crying, crying in his palace. I've wasted my life. And here's a man who says, I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. 
You know, Christian, I want you to get a hold of this because we've got everything so backward here. We, we honor wealth. We honor all the things that don't matter. And, and, and the sad truth is so many believers today want to die like Solomon. No, we don't. We want to die like Paul. We want to live like Solomon and die like Paul. But it doesn't work that way. If you're going to die like Paul, then that's what's going to have to be your value system. See, we've got it all backwards. It's not our portfolio. It's not the size of our houses and lands. It has to do with whether or not we spent the time living for Christ. One more thing and we're done. Yes, I'd want to be burdened for the right things, but I'd want also blessed relationships. I look at the Apostle Paul. He lists a number of people who are very, very special to him. Philippians chapter 1 is very, very big. The Uh, the people at uh, Philippi that were a blessing to his life. But here's what's sad. I have seen way too many Christian families that at the funerals, they don't act like Christian families. They fuss and they fight. When when my mom and dad both, when when they died, one of the things I, I told my sisters... I said, now listen, you go through mom's stuff. If you see anything that you think I might like, I'll take it, but otherwise don't worry about it. it she didn't have anything that mattered that was worth ruining any fellowship I'd have with my sisters. But I can't believe, I'm just still amazed at how many families I've seen fighting and fussing three years after their loved one dies because I, I should have had daddy's rifle. I should have had his hammer. I should have had his buzzsaw. I should have had mama's picture. Grow up. It's all stuff that burns up in the flame. Big deal. And so they forsake any joy with family over a few little trinkets that are going to burn up anyway. Well, preacher, that in. That infuriates me. Well, you've just got a faulty value system. No wonder you're so miserable in this life. It'd be sad to be in a family with so many people who are more concerned about those things than they are relationships with others. This could be your last year. Well, if it is, how would it end for you? Are you born again? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, you need to come to him today because only in Christ can you have eternal life. But as many as received him, to them give you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Are you living a life? Are you behaving to glorify his name? Having that kind of a walk to exalt him, burdened about the things that really do matter for eternity. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm sorry I don't have much of a voice today. 
But I pray somehow you take some things that have been said today to convict some people of the reality, the brevity of life, and the importance, first of all, of being born again. God, if there's one here without Christ, convict them. Convict them. They may not even see the midnight tonight. Lord, please. You said, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Lord, I pray that there'd be someone turned to you today. I pray, Heavenly Father, for believers that we decide we're going to make our time here count for something for Jesus. Have your way, Lord, I pray, in every life. In Jesus' name I ask it.